the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Before there was a was, before the dawn of time, before the fabric of the fourth dimension of time was created, which is a contradiction, before there was a was, I was. Before there was a was, I was with God. That is Pastor Michael Oxentanko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Don't forget the worship service is held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. We would love to see you there. And we will have details on that as we continue on with today's program. You can also watch the broadcast live, streaming at reachinghearts.org slash video every Saturday at 11. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Today on Reaching Your Heart, Pastor Michael Oxentenko brings you the conclusion to a message we brought you the last time we were together entitled The Messiah Journey. We hope that you enjoy it. We will conclude that broadcast now. If you missed any portion of the first part, you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Here's Pastor Mike. And this world got hijacked by that ancient serpent. And when Lucifer did it, he claimed to be the ruler of this world. You go to Job chapter 1, he shows up there in heaven, and the Lord says, where have you come from, Satan? Satan means the adversary or the obstructor. He says, well, I've come moving back and forth, to and fro, height and depth of the earth. Now, why did he say that? You see, when Abraham was told to move that way, it meant he would have the promised land. It meant he was the owner of the promised land. Lucifer is saying, I am the owner of planet earth by conquest. In God's face, he makes that statement. For centuries, Jesus was the guardian protector of a small little nation at the center of the earth, God's people. And all the world was under Satan's control except the people of Israel. Jesus was Michael the great prince who stands guard over God's people in every age and at the end of time. The Messiah cherub operated as the spiritual prince and protector of Israel, according to the book of Daniel, until the peace treaty with Rome in the year 161 B.C. And you can read about it in Daniel 11. When Judas Maccabeus, who had never lost a battle to the Greeks, got scared of them as he began to doubt that the mighty prince of heaven, the Messiah cherub, could keep on protecting his nation when he was stressed out. And so what did he do? He got a delegation. They went to Rome. They had a peace treaty with Rome. And in that peace treaty, he gave to Rome the role of protecting the holy people. And when the Jews accepted that treaty with Rome in 161 B.C., the evil angel prince that ruled Rome, Satan, became the prince over the Jewish people by conquest and by treaty. And so Christ would have to enter the synagogues and cast the devils out. The Bible uses the term the synagogue of Satan for that reason because the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, had come under the power of Satan. And thus God's people rejected God's prince. Now think about that. You're the guardian protector of the Jewish people for centuries. And finally they vote you out. 
they make a treaty and they say, we don't want you in charge anymore. And thus the prophets go blank. There's no more prophetic intervention. There's a 400-year gap that exists between Malachi and Matthew until John the Baptist arises as the forerunner, the human angel and messenger of the Messiah. Now look at John 1.9 with me. The Bible says the true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world. The world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He was here for centuries, and no one could figure out that the Creator was moving here on planet Earth. Verse 11, he came to his own home. Remember, he was assigned to the Jewish nation as the guardian protector of Israel in Exodus 23. He came to his own home, and here it says, his own people received him not. Christ was born in a stable. He wasn't born in a temple. He came to this planet as an outcast. He left it as an outcast. When Adam and Eve fell, Jesus didn't leave this world to go back to heaven. He didn't say, well, they've done it. They've messed up. I'm going back. He stayed here. He was here alone, moving throughout the planet, moving advanced so that one day he could save this place. He stayed here working and waiting and finally adopted a family, the family of Abraham. And from that family, he formed a nation. And he worked with that nation as they abused him and mistreated him. He worked with them and loved them and disciplined them. Isaiah says the angel of his presence carried them all the days of old. Friend, in becoming our Messiah, the Messiah cherub had to give up being heaven's Messiah. In the same way he had always been from the dawn of time as the amen, as the beginning of the creation of God. He had to surrender that power, that role, that look to reach us. We could not have survived and interacted with him in that way. So he himself would now enter into the creation on this sin-darkened planet to become God with us, Emmanuel. We know that God saves us and that God gave his only son. John 3.16 says that. But many Christians don't realize that the universe, that pre-existent civilization stayed loyal to God, gave us Jesus also. Turn to Galatians 4 verse 26. Paul says, but the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. It was hard for the heavenly Jerusalem to give up their mighty commander for us. They had nurtured this world at the dawn of time. They sang for joy at the creation of the earth, according to Job. And it was hard for this motherly civilization, worshiping an infinite, eternal Father God, to give us the Messiah cherub, the one who was God and angel formed from the dawn of time and God before. Amen. The amen. It was hard for them to give him up. But they had to. Friend, love has to find a way to save the lost or love isn't love. Hearts grow cold. Now, I don't care if you've never sinned. If that civilization had not given us Jesus, they would have become sinners. A selfish order they would have become. After a lot of pain, like a mother in travail, the heavenly host let him go to never come back to never let him come back in the same way that they'd let him go. And so the Amen, the Amon, the Messiah cherub, Michael the Prince, the Great Prince, disappeared from heaven's throne to never be seen in heaven again in the same way for all eternity. He would never come back the way he went. The Messiah cherub could never come back to them unless he came back to them as a human being. God had to reach us in the Messiah journey and so heaven's host had to give him up to get it done for us. The great, Paul says that Christ, though he was in the form of God, 
became a servant. A servant is an angel in Hebrews 1.7. The servant is the angel of the Lord in Isaiah, God's servant. But then it says being found in human form, the likeness of a man. He condescended. He ripped off his angel wings. He took off his majestic powers. And he was pushed into the DNA of a human cell. And thus he would be known by that no more in the same way. Heaven was in pain for the loss of its finest son. Jesus was born in Bethlehem's manger. And they couldn't look at that baby in the manger and recognize who had just left. Look at Revelation 12, 1-4. Amazing here. A great sign or portent appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun. That's the preexistent Jerusalem, the heaven above. With the moon under her feet and her head, a crown of 12 stars. Now look at verse 2. She was with child. Some translations say pregnant. She was with child. She had a child. And she cried out in her pangs of birth and anguish for delivery. And another sign or portent appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns. Seven diadems upon his heads. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to bear a child. Why? What does the text say? That he might do what? That he might devour her child when she brought it forth. This week, the United States Supreme Court heard arguments that could overturn Roe v. Wade. How many of you were listening? I tried to listen to as much as I could. Amazing education for me. Of course, the decision was in 1973, Roe v. Wade. What did it do? It institutionalized in this nation the murder of children in the womb. That's what it did. Never in the history of our country had anything like that happened. The United States of America is a lamb-like beast in the book of Revelation. The Bible says it moves to speak like a dragon. The dragon is out to gobble up the male child. The dragon persecutes, accuses the brethren, Revelation 12. The Bible says that this lamb-like country that had a Christian origin, the United States of America, will one day move to implement the mark of the beast and speak as a dragon. That doesn't happen all at once. When you start doing things in your decision as a Supreme Court or laws that you pass that are dragon-like, you end up getting there eventually. So America was Christian's rise to power. But the book of Revelation teaches us that this lamb-like Christian nation, with its Christian constitution, will one day speak like a dragon. Friends, Satan is the dragon, Revelation 12. He stood before the male child in the womb to destroy it when it would be born. There's a reason why this is given to us in the context of the remnant church in Revelation 12, 17. Because you cannot be the remnant church unless you obey God and you have the testimony of Jesus. You keep all of his commandments. And the dragon is here illustrating what it means to be at war with God. The Bible doesn't call this male child a fetus. You know, it amazes me. When we talk about children in the womb, where people will say the fetus... The Bible never calls it the fetus. The Bible calls it a child. A child. When you dehumanize the idea in your mind, then you can take the next step and take the child's life. What is ancient Israel famous for? Taking the lives of children, offering them to Moloch. What makes us think we're any better than them at the time of the end, right? Well, we aren't. The Bible called the male child a child. When you abort a baby, you kill a child. No. I'm going to tell you right now, in my extended family, it's happened to us. I don't have any condemnation for a young lady who has gone through this and figured it out. I don't. I just want them to get it right. So I'm not here lording over anybody. I'm just saying this. We all lost in our family. 
when we lost that little one in the extended family. They aren't here anymore. And that person who did it, who I love dearly, is a dear loving Christian woman today who's tried to compensate, but her life has a vacuum in it. We live in a nation today that has institutionalized the murder of children since 1973, and we don't even think about it. The Bible calls them children. 62 million children have been murdered in this nation since that time. And some church health care systems have participated in this Holocaust. Some religious health care systems have gone along with it. Satan hates children. He hated the male child. When Christ was born, he destroyed the children of Bethlehem. Of course, he moved on Pharaoh to throw them to the crocodiles. The remnant church in Revelation 12, 17 will not do this. It cannot do this because it is a church that keeps the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. See, when you go down a road to violate God's word, you cannot claim to be remnant. You've become a synagogue of Satan. And so we need to be careful who and what we align with at the time of the end. God's conscience requires that we do not lie from the word of God to make anybody feel good in any position of power. In fact, as I preached a sermon in a church I used to attend just 20 years ago, I shared the poem of, I'm not going to say who, but my family member who gave it to me. I was talking about Mary, how you know it was easy to abort the child maybe. Today we would go that route rather than go through the shame of having it. And I read the poem that she went through as she talked about how she made the wrong decision. And I had theologians come after me, angry at me, like I was doing the wrong thing. Like to share that this is awful, was somehow bad. Now, I'm not condescending. Our family has suffered through that. I know other families here have too. And you know what? God forgives. Isn't that great? God forgives. God doesn't bully anybody. He loves you. And, you know, we're going to get back that little one that was lost in our extended family system. We lost two children in between John Michael and Donald for natural causes. And I believe that we'll receive those two children back, not fetuses, two children. I remember one year after the loss of the last one, as I was preaching, and I realized it was the anniversary of the death of that little baby that Diana had lost, and I just broke down in the pulpit. I had to quit the sermon. I was just crying. I lost it. Because that was my child that never came into the world. You know what I mean? Am I wrong in that? No. Uh-uh. Listen, when Jesus comes back, he's going to reap millions of babies who were discarded in this way. And there'll be more of them, I think, than any other group based on the horrific crimes that have been committed in the history of this world. And so our nation has a chance to figure out what to do, but no one knows for sure what that high court of the Lamb will do. We know what Satan would do because he tried to do it in Revelation 12. He tried to kill the male child as she was pregnant. The Bible makes it clear in Revelation 12:4, And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to bear a child that he might devour her child. We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxenteco in today's Reaching Your Heart. 
God's people must never be in the killing business in the ministry of healing to others. God's people are in the living business. Finally, the day came when the mighty angel Gabriel followed his GPS coordinates, his orders, to a little teenage girl in Nazareth who was afraid to see him appear in her room at all. I mean, a big mighty angel poking his head in her room. And there the bright and strong angel, the little handmaid, together talked it out. I mean, this massive being who took Lucifer's place, talking to a little girl in Nazareth, trying to make the right decision to save the universe, to keep the universe from sinning, to save our world from sin. Heaven never forces anyone to do the right thing. If someone is trying to force you to do the right thing by threatening you, you can almost bet your buttons the compulsion is coming from the evil one. Satan intimidates to get his way. Satan twists your arm and threatens you, but that is not how heaven works. And so this little girl is treated with ultimate dignity as Gabriel from the right hand of God comes into that room to talk it over with Mary. The angel Gabriel was on a mission to see if that little girl would be willing to become the mother of the Messiah cherub. It was time to give up heaven's son to become our son, our brother, our savior. And so he was still up there, but not for long. Luke 1, 26, 35. Let's just read the course of this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God. It's the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and consider her mind what sort of greeting this might be. She's freaked out. This angel shows up in a room and she's doing, Ah, oh, I can't believe it. Verse 30, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How shall this be since I have no husband? And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit, not, I like this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. How many of you like to have the Holy Spirit come upon you this Christmas? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, you see, you don't have to figure out how this happens. Therefore, if the Holy Spirit is here, therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Now, that didn't happen when I was born, but it happened when Jesus was born. The whole universe was watching this little girl named Mary that day as she struggled with the message from the mighty angel named Gabriel. His name means mighty man of God. She pondered in her heart and her mind, but in the end, her heart, her teenage heart, led the way, even if her mind couldn't understand how. She knew by faith what she needed to do that day. The Messiah cherub would never finish his Messiah journey to save this world unless she led him into her life, into her body, into her womb. Now let me ask you this question. Holy Spirit overshadowed her, right? And so the one who was born is called Holy, the Son of God. What did that make her womb? Made it a temple. Am I right? Made it a holy place to hold the Holy One. Friend, when someone rips a baby out of the womb, 
they are violating a temple of the Holy Spirit. Because we are told the Holy Spirit works on children to help them in their growth and development before they're born by the servant of the Lord. In that moment, something happened in heaven on earth at the same time in cosmic reckoning. Luke one twenty eight. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me. This is good stuff. Let it be to me how? What does it say in your Bible? Look at your Bible. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. She submitted to the word of God. She submitted to the angel's command, to God's will in her life. And thus her womb became holy, teaching us that Jesus is the Messiah human being. At that moment, something happened in heaven and earth. At the same time, in a cosmic connection and entanglement, heavenly time was entangled with earthly time. In a moment, the Messiah cherub disappeared and faded away from God's throne. Michael was found no more at the right hand of God. The captain of the Lord's army was captain no more as he had been. The prince of the host was gone from the host. And the son, the eternal amen, who danced and twirled in the presence of God, was not dancing and twirling anymore. He was lost to the sight of all in the universe but God, who can see way down into the super small, the quantum. And the little cell then appeared in Mary's womb. that was half hers, but more than she could ever give to save the world. It was more than hers. A little cell appeared in her that was heaven's gift in the Messiah journey to become one of us, to save us, Emmanuel, God with us. Hebrews 10, 4-7 records what Jesus said as the Messiah cherub in the Messiah journey as he left heaven for here. Paul writes, For it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. But a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offering and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. That's what Mary said. That's what Jesus said at the same time when he left heaven for earth to find his way into a womb that would become a temple to hold him until he was born in Bethlehem. The Messiah journey gave us Jesus. Jesus started that journey from the dawn of time and he came into this world to save us from our sins. Do we need saving this Christmas? I need saving this Christmas. The angel said to Joseph, you will call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Mary got it right that first Christmas. She let Jesus inside her womb. There is a Messiah journey in all our lives. The Messiah is on a mission this Christmas to find you, to save you, to save your family. The little babe of Bethlehem came from heaven to here to live inside each one of us. We too must let Jesus in the Messiah journey. The Holy Spirit brings Jesus. And that is why he came and that is where he wants to live forever inside you and me and our church and our family. Don't leave the babe of Bethlehem out of your life. Don't leave him out. The Amen, the Amon, the beginning of the creation of God. Have a new beginning, a new birth. And let him in to stay and say to him, Amen, in the new beginning that is Jesus, God's Messiah in your life. The Messiah journey, let it end with Jesus this Christmas. Christ in you, the hope of glory.
And so we can agree with John in the book of Revelation, even so come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Lord, there's not a person in this room that hasn't sinned real bad in their life. (laughs) We're living in a world crisis where the whole world's crazy, whereas people are afraid they're willing to do anything. They're willing to rob people of civil liberties, even to press and kill, to run them over or shoot them in the street. And Father, we don't want to be in those kind of hateful crowds on any side of the spectrum. We want the Emmanuel, the Christ child in us. And so, Lord, just forgive your people of your sins. This we know you have done. At the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. How would you refuse? You did not. But Father, we've got to be reminded in our lives because we condemn ourselves in our mind. We hear it from others, and it's easy to feel that we have no right to eternal life. Lord, thank you for the evidence that in sending Jesus, you gave us such a big gift that we should not doubt the seriousness of the offer. Thank you that by faith in Jesus, our sins are forgiven for his name's sake. And thank you that for his sake, we are children of God also. This Christmas, bless every child of God here. Bless the children in the womb. Bless the children who are running around the church. And bless the children who are adults and with gray hair too. And Lord, one day come for us. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. That's all the time we have, and it will conclude the Messiah Journey with Pastor Michael Oxentanko. If you missed any portion of this message, you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road. Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website. reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening. And we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.